Well, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Short, Pale, and Handsome Podcast. I'm your boy, Loy Lee. Today is uh, Monday, May 17th. Good morning. How are you? How's your ma? Uh, I hope you guys are doing well and are okay and healthy because Las Vegas is open. Open, open. 100% zero social distancings. Masks if you want to. You can wear masks if you want to. You can leave your friends behind. And if your friends are dead from COVID, then they're no friends of mine. Wow, that got dark. Uh, not even a minute in. I was uh, uh, I had a buddy in town. Uh, shout out to Kevin Boston, one of my longest friends running. Um, I met him when we were in L.A. No, I met him when, before I moved from Boston. We were on the set of The Departed. One of my good friends from Boston, uh, writer, director, former actor, producer. He wears many, many hats. And um, we, uh, he, had, he brought his family in town. And he was like, hey, I'm in town. Want to hang out? Fuck yeah, I do. Heck yeah, I do. Let's go. So he went down to the uh, downtown area, which is not really downtown in Las Vegas. It's like Old Town, but we don't call it Old Town. We call it downtown, even though it's the old part of town. I don't know how that works. But uh, just sheer humanity, savages, just packed to the gills everywhere. Just everyone was no masks. More than half of the people had no masks. And everyone just didn't care. We were like, you would think that it was 2019 again. That's, we're going to party like it's 2019. No, that's not a song, Loy. Um, I think I tried to make that a song last time. Didn't work. Yet I tried again. Uh, but... Yeah, it w- it was wild. Just packed to the gills. Everyone just watching the street performers perform and and just drinking their drinks and not caring. It was wild, and I was panicking. Like I didn't know how to conduct myself with so many people. I mean, was I worried with COVID? Yes, but just the sheer visual of all of the people just walking around in pure chaos. I forgot what it was like to be in that environment. It's been over a year, year and a half. I haven't seen this many people in one place. And I just was like, ah, stop touching me. People just ah, high-fiving each other, dapping each other up, not caring. I felt like that uh, that old guy from Shawshank Redemption. Which old guy, Lloyd? The old guy with the crow that had been in jail forever and he gets released and everything is just too fast for him. Every the world just got itself in a hurry, or however the quote goes, ended up hanging himself. Oh, that also got dark. But yeah, it was. I was walking around a casino looking for a book of matches. It's just everybody, just no order, <laughs> pure chaos, people, pure chaos. And uh, so Kevin and I, we decided to smoke a cigar because that's what we do. That's what buddies do, smoke a cigar. And what I realized was standing outside, just everyone would just come into your bubble. doesn't matter where you are. doesn't matter where people are going. Just wherever there wasn't people, random people would try to be 
in that place. Oh, there's nobody standing here. Well, I'm standing here now. Oh, there's nothing. I'm going to walk right there. Didn't matter. Fuck social distancing, right? And everyone, like, just everyone was pretending like they were fully vaccinated. Nobody was out there checking. Nobody was like, can I see your passport card? Can I see your vax card? Can I see some form of vaccination? Can you show me the scar on the on your arm? No, you can't even show me a little dot on your arm, pretend. But, uh, so Kevin and I were smoking cigars, and we realized that... I don't even know where I'm going with this. Uh, when you're smoking cigars outside, nobody wants to stand around you. Where there's open space and people just trying to be there, when you're smoking a cigar, nobody wanted to be there. Right? People smoking weed, smoking cigarettes, but cigars, that's where we draw the line. People pretending like uh, like it's bothering them <laughs> as they walk by. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, keep on moving. Go pound sand, kid. Um, and it was funny cause, uh, uh, these two n- young girls, not pretty, but they thought they were pretty and I'm being judgmental cause they were just kind of just being cunts about it. But, uh, you could see them see, like I'm looking at them looking at me and they could see that I'm smelling and I could see as they got closer, th- their faces turned sour like, they could smell the cigar, which is fine. It was a nice Arturo Fuente. I won't get into it. But uh, their face turned sour. And then they go... <laughs> and they were they were coming from upwind. Like, they were coming from the direction the wind was blowing. The wind was blowing in their back, the, blowing the smoke away from them. And then they just... They could smell it. And, like <laughs> and they kind of, like, stopped. And they kind of, like, coughed, like, by me. As if... I was going to go, oh, do you want me to put this out? No, I spent fucking $10, $12 on this. I'm not putting this out. Go pound sand. Uh, but yeah, man, it it, it was wild. Uh, it is just uh, a, a crazy adjustment. And I'm not saying anything about COVID or, or, or the implications of being around that many people. I just wasn't used to being around so many people. I was like panicking. And I, I was hanging out with a, a, co- a comedian buddy of mine, Jimmy V, Jimmy Valle, uh, Della Valley, <laughs> Della Valley, uh, good guy, good New Yorker, old school comic. Uh, he was in town, and uh, it was it was wild. Where we were in a maybe a seventy five seater, maybe seventy five set to the gills. And uh, he was doing a show, and there must have been, like, 50 people in this show. No masks. Nobody cared. And I was just kind of like, like, just looking at it, go, oh, is this, that's right. I remember what this looks like. Still stood outside. Um, <laughs> and I still wear a mask. Like, that's the crazy thing. Like, I still wear a mask. I'm just more comfortable wearing a mask. Um... You know, when it comes down to whatever it is that you believe, I believe that maybe I'm protecting myself, kind of. Who knows? 1%. If it makes a 1% chance, a 1% less chance of catching COVID or spreading COVID, I'm, 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 I'm going to take that 1%. It might be worth it to me. Um, but yeah, Vegas is open. If you got $12, come through. Fucking figure it out. <laughs> figure it out. Uh but it's good. I guess 
like in the conspiracy thing in my brain that tells me like, hey, there's something going on. You should probably think about this. You should probably dedicate like three minutes of your day to like come up with a half-baked conspiracy theory because that's what I do. I come up with horrible, quite possibly true thoughts. Uh, and if you're like, Lloyd, you're an idiot. I agree. This is my conspiracy theory. Vegas, so quick to open. Just 100%. We didn't even do – like we did like 80% for three days. We did 80% for maybe a week. We went from like 25% to 50% to 80% to uh, uh, 100% wide open masks if you want to. I don't know. Use it at your discretion. Like we jumped in like two months. Like there was, there was no like, hey, is this uh, 50% good? We good? Okay, let's move it up to 80. None of that. It was like 80. Nah, forget it. Let's go straight open. I think Vegas, somebody in Vegas knows that we're going for another lockdown. And they're like, hey, we can't survive this. Let's just try to make all of the money we can. Because hey, we're going to lock down. We're going to lock down. Let's just get this money grab real quick. Two, three weeks, a month. Maybe that will help us stay afloat for a few minutes. That's a conspiracy theory, people. What information do I have on this? Zero. I've done zero research. I haven't thought about this more than three, four minutes today. And I was like, huh, maybe that – because they're like, hey, guys, just come. Hey, you're uh, you're in um, a flyover state, Iowa. Come come to Vegas. Spend your, your stimulus check. Spend a few ducats. Go home. We're going to spike anyways. We're going to close. Let's make this money, boo. That's it. If you have any facts proving this or disproving this, please let me know. I'll read it, and I'll dedicate another three minutes. <laughs> and then I'll come up with another stupid half-baked conspiracy theory. Why? Because that's what I do. Um. <laughs> but it was good. Uh, I'm not going to lie. It was good to just be out uh, smoking a cigar in public. It was good. Like, I think the hardest part about COVID was the lockdown, but it wasn't even like the staying at home. It was like you don't have any other option. Apology for that. You don't, there's nowhere to be. You are either at home or you are going somewhere only to go home. Like, there's nowhere to be. Like, now that Starbucks are open and you could just be at a Starbucks, it was dope. It's dope to just, oh, I can just hang out here. I don't think we understand the importance of just hanging out, the mental of it all, the difference between uh, lockdown and not being able to hang out and basically jail. Like, this is house arrest. Like, that was a crazy thing. Now I understand house arrest. I understand Paul Rudd's Ant-Man scene where he's under house arrest. He's learning magic tricks. He's drumming taking baths that's what i did that's what i did for like the first three weeks of covid and then i just went crazy i understand house arrest that's i guess that's what it is that's the difference between uh there is no difference between lockdown and and having no place to be and in house arrest you just kind of go crazy yeah uh, hey, Amazon went through the roof. I just bought a whole bu- – all of this stuff you see behind me, Amazon. I Amazoned everything. 
<sighs> what else did I? I oh, oh, psh, psh, Amazon. Speaking of Amazon, the last thing that my wife just bought from Amazon is a bidet. A bid, bid it, a bid it. It's French. It's a bidet. I don't know what it means, but basically it's a thing that you install on top of your toilet seat that washes your booty. Very strange. I'm not going to lie. Buying a bidet, um, I get like the concept, right? You sit down, you do your business, you drop a deuce, and then there's a dial that you just, and then you just power wash your booty hole clean. Like that seems, that, that seems pretty straightforward, right? You poop. You get it dirty, you clean it off, you go about your day. The sheer mechanics of it didn't make sense to me. Like, I thought that uh, there's just going to be a nozzle and then there's a possibility that we were going to hit it doing our other business. Or, you know, splashing. Splashing bothers me. And the fact that, like, there's a good possibility that I'm going to splash it, very concerning. But this one apparently has got this, it's it's uh, got a guard, and then when you turn it on, the nozzle comes out, and then it shoots right back at you. <laughs> uh, you got to take some to get some, right? <laughs> uh, but this one, I don't know. I don't know how, uh, this is my first experience with it, so I don't know. Uh, it literally, for me, maybe because my booty hole sensitive, I can only go to like, the first, just turn it on. You could hear it start to sprinkle, and then one notch, and then that's we're we're power washing my backside. Um, wasn't comfortable. Uh, I've been playing around for the last couple of days, still trying to get used to it, still trying to like, and that and here's the thing, like you still got to wipe, right? You got to you got to dry off. And then the thing is, it's like it gets kind of everything wet. Not directly, but guys, when you go, when you piss, kind of like even though you get most of it in where it's supposed to be, it kind of just goes sort of everywhere. That's kind of what it is. I'm power washing the backside. My whole soft side is, 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 is getting wet. Well, you're not using it right. I understand. Understand, like I have to. I don't know why I'm saying this. I have to wash the the HOV lane, and then I kind of have to dust off the shoulders. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, bought a bidet, installed it, no problem. It was easier to install than it was to for me like try to get the and then you got to get the right angle. So you just I'm just in here like rocking back and forth trying to like. Get the right angle. It's doing this a lot. <laughs> uh, people watching get it. People listening not gonna get. It. If you're listening to this, I am just shifting my weight. I don't know. It's 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 funnier. I guess you had to be here. You had to be here. Um, but man, it's uh, it's something. Technology. I don't know why we didn't buy a bidet earlier. Like, when all of this COVID, like, I don't even need to use toilet paper anymore. Just one square, wipe me down. I'm done. I'm done. Uh, I'm going off on tangents here. I'm just saying, as an old guy, I feel like I'm learning new tricks. And uh, I guess bidet was on the list. 
the install. That was the scariest part. I was like, oh, I don't know. Plumbing, water, problems, right? Plumbed it, knocked it out, no problem, easy. Now I'm just in there, like, on my days off, just trying to figure out, like, how, where is the right... <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm done. No more. Um, the one thing that I did want to... Uh, I was avoiding talking about it, but uh, I'm giving myself more than enough time to talk about this. Uh, it's the Tony Hinchcliffe situation. And if you're not familiar with what's going on, Tony Hinchcliffe, he is uh, part of the Joe Rogan gang, if you will. Um, he is a great writer. Uh, he wrote for, like, I, I guess he wrote for SNL. I don't know. Actually, I, I don't think that's a real thing. Uh, he has written, um, he's known as a writer, writes for the Comedy Central uh, roast, roast battle, all of those things. He's one of uh, Joe Rogan's guys, and he went on stage. Uh, he was in Austin. He had Peng Dang, who is a an Asian comedian, open for him, and... Um, and Pang op- introduces him, like, give it up for Tony Hinchcliffe. And everyone's there to see him. Ah. And his first thing was basically fucking chink. Look at this chink, blah, 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 and just going off. And I guess it was a bit, but there was no joke. Um, I don't, and everyone's like, well, well, the context, the fucking context. You got to think of the context. Ah, you don't. And, and. It just the racial slurs of it all, where it doesn't go anywhere, is it's it's disappointingly poor writing. Like the fact that he thought about this beforehand, and it wasn't even go. He wasn't going after a heckler like Michael Kramer. Like he literally thought about this and said, "Yeah, this is a good idea. This is what I'm going with. This will be funny." Uh, is very disturbing to me. As a stand-up comedian, it's like, yeah, you have to push the envelope, but you also also have to be smart about it. Uh, If there was some clever way of saying it or whatever, like the fact that he just went for shock value, very lazy, very disappointing. For someone that's like Joe Rogan, Harold as a great, funny comedian and uh, all of this, like, and he's not new. This is not open mic. This is not like some celebrity trying stand-up comedy for the first time. Like, you knew what you were doing, and you still thought it was a good idea. Very disappointing. Um, And I, I think the problem is that we as a community... You know, before that, that the problem is this, right? Every you're the headliner, Tony Hinchcliffe. You are the headliner. People came to see you. People don't know who Pang Dang is. He's on his way up, just like me, just like hundreds and thousands of other comics. And then the guy, like, if Tony Hinchcliffe before were to ask me to open, I'd be excited too. Sorry about that. Uh, I'd be very, very excited. And then to have him shit on me. First thing, the first thing that comes out of his mouth, he's just shitting on me. I don't care what the context is. Like, that is fucking disappointing. It's like they're always talking about the brotherhood of comedians. Oh, to be a comedian is to be in a brotherhood, and there's like an unwritten rule. And to have him just shit on uh, an open, uh, you know, an opener. For no reason, just to get over on the crowd. I don't know. Uh, I find that uh, very disappointing. 
especially when like you know he's just became a headliner you know with with Joe Rogan the popularity of Joe Rogan like he's 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 been a headliner for a few years like he's got to remember what it's like to have to be that opener and Joe I'm sure doesn't rip on him like gen- like like that come on come on you know better than that that's the thing of like Oh well, you gotta pay your dues, and and uh, when I was coming up, the, the, all the guys shitted on me every day, so I'm gonna shit on you. It's like, no, you remember what it's like. Be better. Write better, Tony. Uh, it, like that shit is disappointing. What's also disappointing is that other comics are defending him, being like, oh, it's totally fine. Oh, oh, you know, it's like it's not. It's not fine. First of all, let's let's be real. Uh, it's not fine. Racially, it's not fine. Second of all, it's like, as a comedian, it's like, wouldn't you want your guy to write better jokes? Like, there was no punchline. It was a shitty accent. Like, the accent wasn't even good. Sure, people are like, well, it might be a callback to his jokes, uh, to Pang's jokes. It's like, is it, is that, you're just going to shit on him? The guy that only probably has 20 minutes tops of material and you just got shit on all of his material. Get out of here. And people like, well, I laughed. Well, that makes you that makes you just as bad. Should we cancel him? I don't know. I, I don't sit on the board of the cancel culture. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what the consequences are, but. Basically, we have to be better as comedians to stand up for somebody just just clout chasing, just trying to be like ass kissing and being the white knight isn't good. Like we could admit that other people fucked up. We can admit that we should be able to admit that we fucked up. But to just blatantly deny it like it's all good how bad is your set that's my question if you're defending him, how bad is your set did you just now realize that like oh maybe i shouldn't be saying those racial slurs in my set start crossing it off the list you know there there wasn't even jokes there was no punchline. There was no setup. It didn't go anywhere. It was just him spewing racial shit just for the sake of spitting racial shit. And the thing that bothers me most is people go, oh, well, I don't know any Asian people that are upset about it. Well, then your timeline is probably void of Asian people. And I'll be the first one. If you're saying, if your defense is, well, I don't know any Asian people. I haven't heard any Asian people complain about it. Here you go. I'm the guy. I'm your guy. I'll be your Huckleberry. I'm complaining about it. Not a fan. So if you're saying, oh, well, nobody said anything. We're saying stuff. You just, and it makes sense. It makes sense that you defend him because no Asian people you know has said anything because probably you don't know any Asian people. And I think that bothers me the most is when you're like, well, my two Asian friends don't say anything. Well, does that, that makes it okay? Two people not saying anything makes it perfectly okay? That doesn't make any sense, people. I don't know. Um, it's frustrating, especially Asian Heritage Month. With all the anti-Asian shit going on, uh, the 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 harassment, the um, all of that stuff, the physical altercations, the attacks, the assaults, all of those things, and then you're like, yeah, that seems like a good idea. 
let's just perpetuate some stereotypes. Let's just shit on the one Asian guy in Austin. Let me shit on the one Asian guy in the room. Let me shit on the one Asian guy that brought the other, the, the three Asian guys, whatever. It's disappointing. It's disappointing that, you know, Tony Hinchcliffe is, is on his way to being successful. And then that's your guy. That's your king. That's your king. It's not okay, people. Like I said, uh, I think Carlin said it. It's like, yeah, you can say anything you want. You better make that shit funny. You could use racial slurs. You better make that shit funny. And he did not make that shit funny. If you laughed at it, then, like, <laughs> then you're just as bad. I don't know. Ah, leaving on a high note early. Fucking Loy. Hey, guys. Uh, hey, you. Fucking you listening. You watching right now. I fucking love you. Be safe. Protect yourself at all times. What is this, UFC? Um, no, I do appreciate you taking the time. I'm seeing my numbers increasing. We are increasing. The Loy Minotti has uh, seen an uptick in traffic. I'm trying to be a better person, a better husband. Uh, better comedian, better podcaster. I'm doing all of these things, and um, it, I I appreciate everything. This view, this review, this thumbs up, this comment, this the email, everything, every single thing I appreciate. And I don't think I say it enough because I love you, and I want to see you guys come out um, to one of my shows, and we can hang out. But no, um, you guys give me motivation, especially in dark times uh, like this, where I do end the show in very dark form. Um, I know that um, I'm I'm doing it for a reason, right? I'm saying I'm trying to entertain you guys for two minutes out of your day. I appreciate you. I really do. Uh, stay safe. I'll see you guys on the next one. Come to Las Vegas, wear a mask or don't, whatever. I love you. Bye-bye.